This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. This time I'm walking to New Orleans. I'm walking to New Orleans. I'm going to need to parachute when I get through walking these blues. When I get back to New Orleans. One of the greats to have ever done it. I've got my suitcase in my hand. Yes, I'm going back home to stay. Yes, I'm walking to New Orleans. You used to be my well over a million copies of his records have been sold. He had 35 records in the U.S. Billboard Top 40. Antoine, Fats Domino. I've got no time for talking. Born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Went to rest in heaven on this day. And we remember Fats. Man. You know, when you when you think about Fats Domino and, and that generation, that genre of music and the talent that came out of it and all of the guys who and, and, and women who did so many great things with music, it just makes you have to smile. You made me cry when you said goodbye. Ain't that a shame? My tears fell like rain. My goodness. And you know, you got to do this one if you're going to do one by Fats. I found my thrill. He was the eighth and final child of Antoine Domino Sr. and Marie Gross. When you think about New Orleans, Louisiana, there are only a few musicians that come to mind. People like Dr. John, Irma Thomas, 
The Marcellus Brothers, of course. I could name so many, but it doesn't really matter how many you can name. You're going to always name Fats Domino. Rest in peace, Icon. Rest in peace. So welcome to another edition of the Clay Young Show. You're on podcast225.com, iTunes, of course, and on the Talk 107.3 mobile app. It is our pleasure to have you here without a guest on this week's show, just wanting to talk with you a bit about a great number of things. And one of them, obviously, is this. I mean, as I sit to record this week's show the news breaks about Fats Domino and him passing away. And man, it's it's something. It's, it's one of those things that the older you get, the more legends you have the pleasure of seeing and really the sadness of seeing pass away. And Fats Domino is definitely one of them. I mean, he was still performing until recently, I believe. I mean, 89 years old, 89 years old. A sure-fired rock and roll Hall of Famer. I mean, there's just everything about the guy is in the superlative. And again, you think about all those names in New Orleans: Louis Armstrong. You know, he didn't like to be called Louis. His name was Louis. And I, I just so when you watch Fats Domino perform, I think all of us should wish to have the kind of serenity and purpose of the moment as that man had when he was performing in front of a crowd. The relationship between him and his instrument and the surrounding, it was infectious. Like I said, when you watch him, you just want to smile and feel good about that. And music doesn't do a whole lot of that anymore. I mean, it's not to sound like an old fart, but it just it doesn't do a whole lot of that. There's some great artists out there, but I'm really unqualified to talk about some of the new and popular artists because I can't name many outside of the ones that have the mass appeal. And this is a guy who's been in and around radio for over 20 years. I mean, there was a time where I knew everybody across multiple genres. Not so much anymore. But that era of music from the classic rock and roll you know that 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 fats domino era of rock and roll to classic rock to classic r&b solid gold soul you know that era of music when the expression of a song meant so much more than just a good beat or some catchy tune they had messages or it was a departure it was a departure away from whatever was going on in your life. You got a chance to just hop on a cloud and float into serenity along with Fats Domino and so many other artists that we can name. That's a good thing. I think when we think about Fats Domino, we'll have a, we'll have a good feeling. You'll look back on him and just say, man, he was a great one. He was a great one. Great music. And we can name a bunch of his songs. That's the other thing. I mean, if you're above a certain age, you can name a lot of Fats Domino songs. Obviously, if you are maybe under the age of 30, you may not even know who he is because I don't think Fats was on Twitter. But it was that was something when I saw that I had to take a pause and say, wow, another legend is gone. 
Antoine Fats Domino Jr. Fantastic. Well, where should we begin? Okay, a lot to get into, and I'll take that quick break first, and then we'll come back. Last week, I spent some time in Washington, D.C. A different atmosphere exists in D.C. now, and I'll tell you about a specific tour. Uh, or not, not really a tour, a bit of sightseeing I did when I was there. Talk with you a little bit about that and some of the history of D.C. You don't think about it. You know, there's so much business that goes on in that town, and when you're moving around, whether it be for an event or for business, you don't take the time to think about some of the history of D.C., that exists beyond politics, because there is some of that there. And also, earlier this week, a group and myself went out again to a part of Baton Rouge called East Brookstown. And I've got some thoughts about about that, uh, about what we saw, what happened out there, why we did it, because that's one thing I've run into a whole lot, people asking why did you do it? Why, why, what was the goal? And you know, what were you trying to accomplish? And so I, I kind of want to speak to that a little bit and where this idea came from and why I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, we may even talk about some of the political stuff that's going on right now and just touch on it a little bit, some of the national stuff. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how it flows. All right, so let's take a quick break and we'll come back with more of the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 mobile app. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, these numbers, 55, 59, 62, 70. What do these numbers mean? Well, they mean a lot. If you're 55 and wiser, you can retire and not have a penalty on your income from okay. 401k. Okay. The next number was 59 and a half. If you're 59 and a half or wiser, you can, one, do an in-service withdrawal with your mm-hmm. money, you've been working for the company, still yes. make a contribution to your 401k, get yes. a company match, okay. but now protect and reduce your risk with, with the 401k money. Okay. The next number was 62, which means you can start Social Security. Ah. Uh, so do you start Social Security is a big question, or do you wait till 66 or wait till 70? Your next number was 66, and most of us, it's a full age retirement yeah. for Social Security. So you're not penalized, you can make an unlimited amount of money. Yeah on Social Security and not be penalized. The next number was 70. Yeah. From 66 to 70, you get an 8% increase on your Social Security benefit. Yeah. The longer you wait, the bigger the payment. Wow. The big question is when to take your payment. Give me a call. Get the answers with Brian Lowe Financial. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. I mentioned earlier that I was in Washington, D.C. last week. And the weather there was was really nice. I mean, it's it hadn't started to dip into that DC cold that they get. Uh, they well, at least the beginning of it. I mean, it's it's kind of early in the game for it. But you know, DC really gets cold weather. Being down here in South Louisiana, our cold weather is probably considered sissy cold <laughs> in some other places because when it gets down into the low thirties here, man. People are talking about whether or not we should cancel school, shut down the roads and the bridges. And in other places like Wisconsin, they're looking at us going, seriously, 
I'm barbecuing outside in my shorts and no shirt on in 35-degree weather. And they actually do it. If you watch the Packers games, it's pretty crazy to watch people out there in negative five below with no shirt on. That's like, yeah, I don't really know what they think that's proven, but it probably doesn't come off the way to others that they think it's coming off. Put a shirt on, man. Put a shirt on. But anyway, up there and just moving around the city and really enjoyed it. I got a chance to talk with some friends there and uh, take care of some other business while I was there. And it's so interesting. D.C. is like a big college campus because there's so many young people there. And it's such a transient area. You know, members of Congress are there, but it's a function of what they do. And so many of them are in and out of the city. And obviously that changes a little bit depending on whether or not people win elections and some of the companies and people there, there are people coming in, doing business, getting out of there. And you don't meet a ton of people from there. I mean, there are obviously people from Washington, D.C., but it's it's just a different kind of town. And it's a runner's city, as I'm sure most of you know. Maybe you don't know, but it is a it's a big area for runners. It's, it looks like a fit fit area. Now, that's coming from a part of the world where. You know, butter is not just a condiment down here. It's a main ingredient in a lot of things that are done. You fry with it, you bake with it, you boil with it. It's just, it's unbelievable. But up there, it's it's good to see that. But the history, I was, I was talking to someone who works with Congressman Garrett Graves' office. And we were talking about the Capitol building. And we were in it and talking about the Capitol building and the history of D.C., And the contributions made by slaves in D.C. Obviously, many of you may know that. Some of you may not know that. But much of what is built there in terms of these old stone buildings was built by slaves. And it is a monument to not only some of the worst of what we have been, but some of the best of what we have been as well. Because the perseverance and the attention to detail is so amazing. And it's not hidden. And, and when you take a tour of the Capitol, you get this information. They, they tell you about the contributions of slaves there. And, you know, you go into a portion of the Capitol and, and there is a statue of Rosa Parks there. And there is a statue of Dr. King there. And, and right next to it, you've got statues of Ronald Reagan and, so, and Thomas Jefferson and so many other figures who have contributed all on the same stage where you have a statue of a Dr. King and a Rosa Parks in the same place as a statue that may honor Ronald Reagan or Thomas Jefferson or Abraham Lincoln. And, and, and that to me is a good thing to see. And it's, it's, it's a good starter for conversation. And I say that to say this. In politics now, there is a reason, in my opinion, why it takes so long to get anything done. It's because the show, the argument, the fight is so often the point of the exercise, not the exercise being about getting to a solution. And DC is just it's it's a weird town. It's a weird it's a weird town. But I did uh, I did enjoy the weather there and and the time to to be able to enjoy some of the some of the food there. 
it's okay. But I tell people, you know, man, you don't go anywhere. You don't go anywhere in the country if you're from Louisiana to get their food. I mean, everybody comes down here because no matter where you go, I, I said something on, on social media last week about this because you run into people from Louisiana almost everywhere you go. And the conversation always works its way towards food. And then people who are not from here always say, oh, my goodness, I enjoyed the food there. The food's so great. And people who are from here who happen to be someplace else and who have been there for a while generally work their way around to saying, I miss the food so much. And I can't blame you. We get it done down here. We get it done. The hot subject in D.C. last week, and it's kind of been hanging on now, is the issue that has arisen between the president and I don't know if they have an issue or what's going on, but the widow of one of our fallen soldiers, Sergeant LeDavid Johnson, who was one of the officers killed in Niger, and his widow, and this was all brought to the attention of the public by Florida Representative Frederica Wilson. And she said that the president was callous on his call with the widow saying he he knew what he signed up for. And so there has been no audio released of that because I don't think that that is, I don't know that that's legal, but the president is vehement in his position that he would never disrespect this woman, her family, or certainly not the memory of Sergeant Johnson. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of a he said, she said. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, there is a portion of the media out there that is just going to jump on anything Trump does and just criticize him, right? And that's going to happen. And there's a portion of media out there that can find no wrong in anything that he does. And there is a little bit of silliness on both sides. I try to take issues that pop up because I've known so many electeds for so long. I try to take issues as they pop up one by one so I don't get caught standing on some soapbox about something and then be proven wrong because I really didn't know the inside details. In this regard, I, it, it, just, it does seem surprising to me that he would do this. You know what I mean? I, what would be the gain to make the call and then to act like an idiot on the call. So I was thinking, you know, are there calls out there that he's made with families? And I found one. A gold star widow. First name is Natasha. I am certainly going to botch her last name. I think it's D-A-L-E-N-C-A-R, D-E, capital A-L-E-N-C-A-R. And so there is, there is audio of a call between President Trump and this widow. And it's interesting. And I, I listened to the entire thing. And he's very conversant. And just for the record, because this is audio not video, 
she is African-American and she talks about her husband and she talks about him and the whole thing. And this, you know, again, it's, it's an example. I tried to find some out there that were, that would shed light on any quick or callous or, or I don't know, whatever, but this is one that popped up. And so this is dated. I don't see the date on it. Ah, this is, uh, this was posted earlier this month, as a matter of fact. So here is the audio of that call. Yes, sir. I am so sorry to hear about the whole situation. What a, what a horrible thing. Except that he's an unbelievable hero. And, you know, all of the people that served with him are saying how incredible he was. Yes, sir. And uh, just an amazing, an amazing guy. And I I want to thank you, um, President Trump. Those words are very kind. He was an amazing man, an amazing husband, and an amazing soldier. And uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of my husband than I am right now, sir, to be honest with you. Um, it's what my husband wanted to do. Yes. Everyone told me how great. I mean, he's like, he was the leader. He was the, he was the boss. He was their friend. They all loved him. Just like you do. I mean, it's just a special guy. Go ahead, Natasha. Yes, he's just an all-around guy, and um, I, I'm glad that you got to get to know a little bit about him and get to hear a little bit about him, sir. Um, my husband is, uh, to me, he was already my hero. To be honest with you, we've been together 15 years, five children. Um, run down real quick: 2017, 15, 12, and four. My son is currently um, in college in Missouri playing football. So when I say all around. A hero, yes. And but now it's like the world gets to know he is an American hero. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I really do, sir. Thank you. That is so. That's so amazing. It's so amazing. And I'll tell you, when you're around, if you could, you know the people to deal with. But if you're around in Washington, you come over and see me at the Oval Office, okay? Yes, sir. You just come over and see me because you are just the kind of family. This is what we want. Yes, sir. He's cornerback. He's been playing since he was five, and he got a, a full academic um, scholarship when we were stationed in Hawaii, um, Schofield Barracks, sir. So it's his life. That's what he always wants to do. He, he, you know, he's doing it, sir. He's making me proud, and he's making his father proud in heaven. So I have no complaints. I really don't. I'm, I'm a proud woman. He got an academic scholarship, not a oh, yeah. sports scholarship. Not a sports scholarship. Sto- it, it was academic. He's had a 3.7 and above, sir, since the grades could from kindergarten all the way up to 12th oh. grade. Me and my husband, we never had to worry and never had to stress on him doing it. And just to add that he loves football on it first, there are no words, sir, to tell you how proud I am of my son. He's he, he's 20. Oh, God, yes. It, it, it's like I said. Are your other kids, are your other kids Yes. We got some soccer players, right? So, you know, they're always a couple in the, in, in the group here. And I have, um, a, we have soccer players, cheerleaders, surf singers. It's, it's a roundabout of talent. And they all have their special ways in their own ways. You know, they're all truly amazing kids. So, yeah, um, we are truly blessed. Yes, we are. Well, you just take care of yourself. Yes, sir. Hero that I respected and, and just I learned a lot before I made the call. I like to learn and, and it's amazing. 
so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. And to you the same. Okay. I really appreciate it, sir. And thank you. Thank you very much for myself and family. Thank you. Thank you very much. You too, sir. Bye. So that was a call. And again, it's just that that call was published by News This Second. And you can see the video that accompanies the audio on YouTube. And I just put in the search, audio of Trump call with widow. I mean, that was it. And so the widow of this officer, or, or this, uh, of this soldier, this sergeant who was killed, is upset and she believes the president was disrespectful in tone. I'm not going to jump into the middle of that and and let me say it better. This lady just lost her husband. Okay? And I don't I wasn't in the room when the call was being made. So I don't know what's real and what's not. But what I am not willing to do is throw her under the bus. But because I wasn't there, I'm also not willing to throw the president under the bus. I hope that this can get worked out now. The congresswoman who's involved with this, I'm not going to comment on that. She and the president are clearly not allies and have no use for one another. That's clear. But neither one of them have taken shots or have, I don't know, just, it's a shame. Because for me, this should be about remembering the sacrifice of that man and not about all of this cartoonish crap that goes on right now in politics. It is so sad when people can't disagree about policy and keep it about policy. It's got to be so freaking destructive right now. And so this, this man's name is associated with another political dumpster fire. And that's the thing that pisses me off because it happens all the time. Where are the priorities? I said this last week when we were talking about that 11-month-old. I think I posted something about it. That those are the kinds of things we ought to be talking about. Not spending millions of dollars on stupid committee investigations in Washington. Maybe spending some money dealing with mental illness in our communities. But I, it's embarrassing that, that the loss of that man's life is tied to this. And the widow is steadfast in her position on this. She appears to have been offended by what went on, and I think that's a shame. You just heard this call, but this is one example. I mean, I would. the thing is this. It is just hard to believe that the president, any president, could, could be purposefully rude to a widow of a fallen soldier.
And what happens so much in politics is, I can tell you this from experience, is that people form a perception about their electeds based upon what they see on television. Because media can often shape a person's opinion about an elected official. Now, that is so often wrong. In the case of Donald Trump, he really ought not be tweeting. Because I think that he inflamed the thing with the NFL by wading into a subject that didn't require a comment from him. He should have just left that alone and he just keeps digging down and it's like, what, what, come on, man, let it go. And I think some of the fights with members of Congress, especially the ones that are unprovoked, it's like, come on, let that go. What are you doing? They're bigger things to be worried about. But having said all of that, some of the other things that are written, come on, I just, it, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, if I, think if, I think if Russia was going to pick a presidential candidate that they, they think they'd most likely deal with, I think they would have supported Hillary. And in the case of what happened with this mother, don't, don't know what happened I just find it hard to believe that he would be purposefully rude to this woman. Like, what makes her situation different than the call you just heard? Like, why her? Why in that moment? What, you know, what would be the point? Because the president doesn't make those calls until he is ready to make them. And, and you know, it, it is a grievance call. And sometimes the presidents meet, the, meet with the families. But it's not like... Someone says, this just happened, you got to call in 30 seconds. I mean, there's preparation. He is given an information card on who the widow is, who the soldier was, you know, branch of military area. I mean, he's, that information is given to him because, quite frankly, that's the way it works. So I don't know why. And again, it's, it was just one of those things that dominated the news there. And when I found that call, I just kind of said, wow, that's, huh. And when she was ready for the call to kind of be done or she thought, okay, well, you know, I've taken enough of your time, kind of let it go. He he kept going. So I don't know, guys. I just encourage people to make up their own minds. If you're going to be mad about something, which is your right, just be able to have a basis in, in something real. I would always say eight years ago that I thought that the birth certificate stuff was silly and was going to come back to bite Republicans because... It was just, it was something that came up and it kept spinning, kept spinning, kept spinning. And that's the way it goes. Because I'm telling you, when the pendulum swings, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, like a clock. You've seen the pendulum, the bar with the, with the orb at the bottom that swings from side to side, you know. When that pendulum swings so hard in one direction because it's pushed, at some point it's going to swing back in the other direction. And all of this gotcha politics keeps getting ramped up. And in the process, not much gets done. And that is a shame, in my opinion. So there you go. You heard that call. You can make up your own mind. And, and some of you may still say, you know what, Clay, I think he did it on purpose. I think he did. He, I think he was rude to this lady. And I got to tell you, I just don't see it. I, I can't I can't do the math in my head that would make that outcome realistic. It just doesn't seem it just and with all of the people in the room, because he's not making that call in the office all by himself. He's on speaker and there are people there and giving him information. There's I just don't see it happening that way. But again, you know, that's just me. Now, 
I mentioned earlier also that we went to Brookstown. That is a portion of Baton Rouge and the uh, East Baton Rouge Parish in the city of Baton Rouge and, and what is considered the uh, one of the hotspot areas, 70805. That's the zip code area. It's kind of known by that now. And a group of invested, involved people got together. So here is how this thing initially started, right? I guess this had to be a month ago, a little more than a month ago. Uh, I was on a Sunday and I was sitting outside at the house watching a football game and some alert about some shooting or something popped up on my phone. And I just shaking my head saying, man, you know, really got to do something about this. And uh, no, no, I think it was on social media. And <laughs> I saw some of the comments and I said, man, you got to do, got to do something and something about this. You know, maybe, maybe there, I mean, I don't know, not, not, not thinking, hey, you're going to solve it all with one of your ideas, but just do something to be a part of the solution. So thought about it again that Monday and then Tuesday, I was pretty sure about what I wanted to do. My attitude was, hey, let's go to the hood. Let's go to the inner city. Let's get a mixture of people to just go and see folks in a part of town that needs some love, right? Because when people talk about the inner city, it's almost always about the most negative aspect of what the inner city is. And my thing was, you know what? Let's flip the script on that. Let's go and see about the people. So I called some friends to ask them what they thought about the idea, giving them the opportunity to tell me, man, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And because of who I called, I would have just said, okay, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, probably dumb. And I would have come up with something else. But to my surprise, they all said, that's a great idea. So I called the DA, spoke to him about it. I spoke to the sheriff, spoke to the police department, spoke with Jeff Leduff, former police chief, spoke to Carl Dabity, former chief, talked to a couple of buddies of mine in business, Scott Overby, who owns a restaurant in Baton Rouge called Doe's Eat Place. He was in, spoke with Adam Knapp at the Baton Rouge area chamber, a uh, buddy of mine, Steve Atkins, who's a local businessman as well. And we started putting this thing together. So the DA's office, some people who work with Brave, the police, the sheriff's office, called Charles Wallace as well at Oasis, Christian Church that's over in that area. And I said, here's what we're going to do. Let's, let's get together. Let's just take a group of us, move down the streets, knock on some doors, say hello to some people. And we talked about food. So Todd Graves at Raisin Cane's provided us with food. So we went out on a Monday. We got together and we just walked. We canvassed. We said hello to people. There were no strings attached. That is the truth. I'm t I know it's the truth because it was my idea. It wasn't created by politicians. And so I just wanted to go do it. So we went out and we spent, I don't know, two, two and a half hours out there and met some people, and the DA invited the media. They came out, they covered it, and talked about what we had done, and we felt good about it. The people were so happy to see us. And, and, and let me explain what I mean by that. 
they were happy that we were taking the time to come say hello and come love on them, not treat them like animals in the zoo, in the zoo that we were coming to visit. That wasn't what this was. For me, there were people in that group that had never gone into that part of Baton Rouge. And I wanted them to be able to go there and see that there are actual people there. Some people who may be on their, on, you know, on, on hard times, down on their luck, whatever you're going to call it. But there were people there. There were children there. There were people there who were just having a rough go of it in some cases. And that didn't mean that they weren't worthy of some attention. So we gave out food. We met them. And I knew that when we did this, that people were going to be questioning our motives and some people would be critical. And I saw some of the comments made, but I generally ignore that stuff because my attitude is it's easy to throw jokes and slams and criticisms on the sidelines. I don't have to be in Brookstown on a Monday evening. I gain nothing from it except trying to do something to help neighbors. That's the bottom line. So the criticism didn't bother me because I didn't care what people thought anyway. There were only a few people that I passed this idea about. And once those people whose opinion truly mattered to me in the beginning about this told me they thought it was a good idea, that was it. Everyone who who was involved with this loved it. And some people were saying, what's next? It was never going to be a one and done. So we saw some of the blight and some of the trash and garbage there. And our thing was, okay, let's go and do something about that. So we did. We said, okay, let's go clean up. Let's let some of these vacant lots that kids are playing in, you know, uh, vacant houses next to where kids live with bottles and, and cans and all this crap in the front yard and around the house. Let's go clean some of that stuff up. So Rowdy Godet, who works in the mayor's office, who is one of the assistant chief administrative officers, and I think one of the sections he's over is the Department of Public Works, was able to get together a crew of DPW professionals. And many in the same group from before we got together, we had weed eaters and we had blowers and we had garbage bags and the whole thing. And also from the first time to the second time, two of the wives of the officers killed last year wanted to be a part of this and they were. And so we went back. And we cleaned up. They didn't know we were coming. We took food again. Bill Pizzolato with Tony's Seafood here in town gave us a ton of jambalaya. And we handed out food. And we cleaned up lots. And we picked up trash. We just showed up and we did it. And I know people are going to be critical about that too. Well, you know what? I don't give a crap. It doesn't matter. We are not stopping. As much as we can, we're going to keep going and doing some of this. And what is the end game? Well, it is exposing people to an area, but it is also letting people in that area know that you are not forgotten about. Now, here was the most amazing thing about that that happened on that Monday. I think even it was bigger than anything we could have done. It was something the people did. So we're out there, and after about 35, 40 minutes, we start noticing residents coming outside and picking up trash in their yards and starting lawnmowers and starting to mow their grass and jumping in to help in their own neighborhood. As we were picking up trash and putting it in piles, DPW was picking it up on the spot and taking it away. And that, my friends, is about action. Not about any one person, 
not about any one agenda. It's just about us trying to do a little something. I don't believe that it saves the world or changes the world in one time. That was never the goal. That's TV, man. That's television. Only on television can someone take one huge problem and solve it and wrap it in some neat little box with a bow on top of it and do it in 48 minutes. Everything else in life takes, uh, takes consistency, perseverance, hard work, all those things. And so we're going back out again. We've already picked the next area. And if you're interested, I'll be telling you where that'll be. And you'll have a chance to come out there. I actually snagged the story. WBRZ TV in town, they were out there. I think they were there both times. Did a story on this. And oh, by the way, they didn't interview me. And that was cool with me because the sound you'll hear in the story and the Nat sound uh, is the sound of a blower. That was your man cleaning up the streets, <laughs> blowing trash off the streets with the blower. I had a good time, too. So uh, here is that story from WBRZ. And uh, they kind of recap what went on out there. In Brookstown are taking it upon themselves to fight blight. City leaders and volunteers spent today cleaning up the neighborhood and talking to homeowners about what else they'd like to see done. News 2's Danielle Jackson picks up the story. Residents were shocked and surprised today to see the same group of people, plus more with gloves on, picking up trash and cutting grass. More than 50 volunteers took to the streets of East Brookstown neighborhood cleaning up one block at a time, picking up trash, cleaning out ditches, cutting grass, and even weed eating with the help of the Department of Public Works. But I like what I see. I, I, I really do like what I see right now. Christopher Oz shared his concerns with the group a few weeks ago and was shocked to see them back in his community, this time with gloves on and ready to work. I'm like, they really out here, really help cleaning up, picking up paper, you know, weed eating and all that. Like I said, I like it, it surprised me. To see the mayor actually no, no, putting hands on, but other day I, I like it. You know, I like it. it looks looks better. Victor Phillips was one of those residents who complained about blight three weeks ago. The neighborhood just needs to be cleaned up. And now, I, I see where they came out with the uh, weed eaters and hacking all these, you know, high bushes and stuff like that down. And they came out with the tremors and stuff. That was that was great. Dozens of people spent the afternoon taking part in the cleanup, like Mayor Sharon Weston Broom, District Attorney Hilla Moore, Oasis Church members, BRPD, and community volunteers. Today, people in the community say they're grateful. We in this community appreciate this, y'all. You know, call. We know what Selmo 805 represent. <laughs> Long story. He was holding court when he was out there talking to him toward the end of, of us being out there and cleaning up. So I just, I want to thank the district attorney, the people connected with his office, Ashila, Kiva, Johnny Dunham was out there, Rowdy Godet, as I mentioned earlier, the, all the people from DPW, they were the rock stars. Scott Overby from Doe's Eat Place worked his butt off out there. All the people from Oasis who are out there, Bishop Charles Wallace and and the, the team from Oasis who jumped in to help, man, uh, Jeff, Kelly LaDuff, they were out there with us. People from the sheriff's office who were represented out there helping us out and being a part of this group. It was a group effort. The mayor was out there as well, as you heard, uh, for a bit helping with some of this. So, we're not done. We're going to do we're going to do more of these and just a little bit. It can't be an every week thing because, quite frankly, most of us don't have the time, but it can be more often than than not doing it at all. And so we're going to keep 
keep it going as, as much as we can. Try to touch all the areas of the community. And if you really want to know what it's about and know how we're rolling when we do it, just join us when you hear about the next time. Because some people said, hey, I would have been there had I been invited. Well, you're going to get your chance. Coming up. Don't worry about it. So it's been fun just visiting with you for this last 30 plus minutes. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you for listening to the show. We are approaching episode 150. Still working out some details for what I want to do with that show. And I hope it'll be special. But thanks again. Don't forget to check out the Waiting Room podcast here on podcast 225.com. They've got a special Halloween show coming up next week. But it's not about Halloween. It is about fear. So... Make sure you mark it down to check that out next Tuesday when that show drops, Tuesday evening. But for this one, it's all in the books, and I appreciate you being here with me on The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.